Welcome to Nigeria, a little extra. My name is Adeyemi Adison. Say thank you to all the guys that featured the new set of series that I'm doing. From Alale and Ibo to Fevere Festival, it was Joseph Sports scene, basketball, um, football, respective transfers and trials and unscrupulous agents, as well as trafficking and slavery in sports. But today, for the first time on the podcast, I'll be talking about athletics. Um, as a young boy, athletics was one of Nigeria's very strong points. Yes, we know football is our national sport, but at the same time, we, we dominated Africa and we were also, you know, very strong contenders on the global scene. So today I have a brother of mine who has deserted us in Lagos and decided to become the king of Jaws. I have none other than Digi or Gaibo joining me on the pod today. Digi, welcome to Nightel Little Extra. Did you, you are mute, so I, your mic is muted. In case you are saying something, your mic is muted. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Yemi, for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure. All right. So let's get into it. Um, I think when I first more or less came into broadcasting kind of full-time, did you was one of the first people that I saw or that I met that seemed to focus more on reporting athletics and not just athletics on the local symbol on a global scale. So uh, I think he's uh, quite equipped to join me in this conversation. So welcome once again, Deji. So like I said, uh, growing up in the 80s uh, and in the early 90s, Nigeria with the likes of uh, Chidi Imo, Innocent Igbunike, Marion Yali, the Ezuma brothers, or Lapade Adenekon, Dijaniu, Sunday Bada, Nigeria dominated Africa, especially, most importantly, in the sprints. From the 100 meters to 200 meters to 400 meters and to the relays. You could go to an All African Games or to uh, an African Athletics Championship and be sure that Nigeria will have a clean sweep in the sprints. Now, that seems to be a distant past. What happened to Digi? Okay, yeah, thanks, Yemi, um, once again. Um, I, I think, um, like football, I've always used that as a comparison with athletics. Nothing much has changed. Um, it's just the fact that most, or let me say South Africa and Cote d'Ivoire have now caught up with us and uh, we've not improved on in time or with the climbs that we found ourselves in now, the names you've mentioned, the Ezenwa brothers, you know, the Bunike, so the guys that first ran sub 45 seconds in the, 100, in the 400 meters for a meal. Innocent, for example, um, earned his talent in the American collegiate system, but he still ran for Nigeria and he sets also the records. Um, you could go through the track records, probably very few of them. Marion Yali, um, Chioma Ajunwa and the long jumping field event, Sunday, Yaliu, um, ran in Nigeria. But most of the times, their training were not in Nigeria. The Jaliu, I know him in close proximity, uses his personal money to go for meets in the Golden Leagues in America, in Europe, just because he wanted to get prize money at the end. But he donned the green and whites for Nigeria. So at that point, the loopholes were not showing because they were representing Nigeria, but we're not fixing our system or building a structure that could last us a lifetime mm. compared to the South Africans or the Ivorians or the Americans or the Jamaicans. For example, Nigeria did better than Jamaica in the 80s and 90s at the World Championships in Athletics and the Olympics. Jamaica found a problem. Most of their top athletes or their young precocious time athletes at a very young age are being taken from 16, 17 into the college system. Mm -hmm. Some of them did nationalize them. 
Um, there are lots of them, I could mention names. But they decided that they wanted to build on their high school champs, which was um, start, we started, it has been on for a long time, but they made a conscious effort to start. Start track clubs that were vibrant. Um, it started with Asafa Powell to Shelly and Fraser Price, top athletes. Then Racers Track Club came through with Claire Mills, with Usain Bolt being the top athlete. So at 15, they saw the talent of Usain Bolt. Collegiate schools in America had offered him big scholarships. Nike had offered him big scholarship. But he stood in Jamaica after they've convinced him, Racers Track Club and Claire you can do this in Jamaica. Fine, our system is not as structured as the Americans, but we can do it. But it's interesting to know that even from the 80s and 90s that we're doing such great things, we never have had any notable track club. It's like a football club, mm. for example, in football. Any mm. notable track club in Nigeria that yeah. were building talents, for example, making of champions track club that started like two or three years ago. So in the end, maybe out of a pool of 50 athletes, you have like three or four talented ones. Now, between say 2008 and say 2016, the way Jamaica dominated the track events and at the Olympics. So because of their investment in those two major track clubs, there were other ones. For example, at the 2012 Olympics, um, in the 200 meters, they had a clean sweep. Usain Bolt won gold, Yuan Blake won silver, Warren Ware won bronze. All three are at the racers track club. They didn't need to go to the collegiate system. Mm. Now, taking me back to Nigeria, you remember Gloria Lozier? Yeah. Because of the frustration she had in Nigeria, she was setting good times, but moving over to Spain to nationalize for them, training in a more structured environment, conducive environment, there were no you know, allowances, competitions were coming in thick and fast. That was where she set the record for the 100 meter outdoor date that Toby Amoso is trying to break. Same thing with Francis Ebuekolu. I've interviewed him one-on-one. -on -one. The talent had always been there. He won medals for Nigeria at the junior level, but he was frustrated. His own frustration came when he was injured and money wasn't coming from the AFN to treat his injury. And he got offers from Portugal, from Spain. He pitched himself with Portugal. Guess what? Four or five years after the 2004 Athens Games, he won, he was a European champion. He won the silver medal behind Justin Gatlin. Yeah. At that same games where Fashuba also came up as a precocious talent too. So the problem has always been there, but it's now becoming glaring because other African countries, other top European countries are catching up with us. And it's so sad. Hmm. So it's simple. Build lasting structures. Track clubs like making of champions. There are other track clubs in, in the athletic sphere, but we don't get to hear them hmm. because of lack of investment. Um, athletics, you need patience, scholarship for these athletes, which is what they get when they go to the college system. So you see youngsters for the past two or three years now. Okay, let me set, let me give you an example. Of the three most successful Nigerian athletes in the last decade, Blessing Okagbari is number one. She got a scholarship. She actually represented Nigeria in 2006 at the World Juniors. She got a scholarship from Warri to go study at the University of Texas, El Paso. She was combining her education with um, training. From 2008, she won bronze medal in the long jump, which was later um, upgraded to a silver medal because of the Russian that tested positive uh, for banned substance. She went to Texas, El Paso. She graduated in 2012. She was coaching under one of the best Nike coaches. Nike was sponsoring her. So the environment there was conducive. Next up was Divino Duduru. Then we had Toby Amoson. Divine was not at um, UTEP, that's University of Texas, El Paso. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I can't recall the school now, but Amoson also went to UTEP. She graduated. And you could see that progression. Amoson, about four or five years ago, was wallowing somewhere in Jebo. they going for Golden League meets in Nigeria, no sponsors. In fact, she stumbled on the Odos. Amoson was a long jumper, a triple jumper. She stumbled on the Odos. There was nobody, there was no, she didn't qualify for the All Africa Games in uh, Brazzaville for Nigeria in 2015 before she went to the US and they were looking for a position during the qualifiers. They said she should try. The only one that qualified, I think there were three in the meet then um, in the competition and she won it, even though it was a poor time, but she saw the, she had the talent there and she went to Brazzaville and won gold for Nigeria there. 
So from there, she went to the United States. And between 2015 and now, Tobi Amoson is a Commonwealth gold medalist. She's an African championship gold medalist. She finished fourth place, now losing out on the world medalist in Doha last year in Qatar, at Doha, Qatar. So you see the progression then. Okagbari, Divine Oduduru, Tobi Amoson, they had to leave to the United States. Now, for example, making of champions, they're trying to change the narrative. Exactly. Track because, uh, sorry, DG, I was going to say, for what you're saying, I hear two things. Okay. And the two things I hear is one, build structures locally so we don't need to send our athletes to the U.S. colleges system. Exactly. And, and another breath, I'm hearing send our athletes to the U.S. colleges system. And I'm saying this because I have spoken with Bambo before uh, of making of champions. Yeah. And he told me, he, I, I, we met in Super Sport one of those days, I think we were, we were on Africa Sport on uh, one of the episodes. And we had a conversation. No, he came on Sport Zone on, on Lagos Talks and we were sitting okay. outside. Yeah. And we we're having a conversation. And he told me, he said, what he's trying to do with making of champions is to discourage having to go into the U.S. colleges system, develop the athletes from the local scene, build structures locally. Yes, from time to time, they can go for training camps abroad, you know, where they can get better facilities, better coaching and everything. But try to discourage going to the college system. He says because he feels that by the time the college season is over, and we are coming into the maybe the Diamond League season or to the African Championships or the World Championships or the Olympics, the athlete may potentially be burning out because you've run so many races during the season. Because exactly. the collegiate system will flog that potential out of you. And then by the time you are supposed to be useful, useful for Nigeria, you're probably burnt out. So I hear two things, DG. Are you saying we should try to strike a balance by being in the middle and not take one or the other? Okay, it, it, it's a very tricky question. Um, I mean, tricky in the sense that it's like football. It's like saying because we have Nigerian players that are born abroad, yeah. really good. Um, and they are able to come play for the Super Eagles. We have a lot of them now. Does that mean that we should neglect the developmental processes and stru building structures for the ones that potentially go abroad or were not born or didn't have the brilliant, born abroad brilliant, brilliant abroad? That That's the situation there. Now, you cannot completely ostracize the ones that were born abroad. They are Nigerians. If they decide to play for Nigerian, fine and good. It's similar with athletics. Now, I'll still come back to the Bamboo example and making of champions. I'm with them. Now, for the past three, four years, I've been covering local athletics on a consistent level. Not everybody will get into making of champions. In fact, making of champions holds trials at least once every year to go discover talent in some of the major cities. As of 2018, we went to Ugeli, Otakot, Enugu to develop or to get new youngsters that wanted to track club. And we saw fine talents there. But guess what? It was like, um, how would I describe it now? Um, survival of the fittest. Yeah. You might miss out on one. And yes. what making of is also doing again is to curb age cheats in athletics. True. Someone like a Christian Coleman is 22, is 22 years old. There's no argument about that. <laughs> and around those times, at that age, yeah. who says a Nigerian at a 22-year-old cannot do those things? Should not be doing the same thing, yeah. So, and so those are the two things that are affecting athletes coming into making of champions. Mm. So you get some that don't want to bulge on their age, and you also get some that, I'm not sure I don't in fact they're up to scratch, but the fact that maybe there's not enough space, you want 10 slots, and you find probably 15 or 16 talented ones, they mm. still have to run. Mm. You get situation them begging, hey, let's go into making of champions. But if they cannot, they find their way to college system. Now, um, in the last two or three years, there are really talented athletes that you would know find the uh, compromise on their age. Mm. But you know, these guys, if they were in a 
good structure like making of champions, they'll be world beaters. People that were roughly shoulders with Joy Udo Gabriel, that's a favor of Philly now. That's the University of Portugal training system. It's just a matter of time before she goes to college system. The girl is a talented athlete. Um, just last weekend, they just broke an African junior record of 400 meters. Um, fine, you know the athlete that did that. It's not under 20, but then again, we can't just say the same of Fever of Philly, but this girl is a precocious talent. If she was in the college system, with the structure there, she'll be running fast times. She got to the semifinals of the World Championship at a supposed age of 17. But this girl is a talent, no doubt about that. That's a Unse um, Uko. Um, Are you saying she's older than 17? Well, I'm not saying that outrightly. <laughs> but but that doubts. Yes, you know she's not 17. This is this thing that is um, the issue of age in Nigeria. Mm, but worst case issue. scenario, she's around say 21, 22. Okay, worst but, case. But did you? Did you? Whilst okay. age cheating is a big problem, can't making of champion take a few steps back and and, and and this is not isolating making of champions can't track clubs take a few steps back hmm? and go to a level lower than this level that the peculiarity of HGT comes from what am I saying organized trials in the at secondary school level right with okay. the schools through the school system through the secondary school system Right, so there you are able to verify, do your due diligence to find out the right ages, the true, the true ages of these athletes, and then you start grooming. I know it's a longer process to get to uh, El Dorado, to get to to a point of Ura, you know, for them to achieve, for them for for these athletes to start producing the dividends. But don't you think it's a safer option for them? And it probably gives them a, a clearer focus and gives them less problems. You're right there. Um, now, that, that brings me to the um, orientation of the coaches and the track clubs. We have a mindset that if we see a precocious talent, say yeah. at the age of 13, and she's really 13, we, our mindset is we can make much from this girl if we probably make or remove like five or six years of her age so they're now taking her back to form. yeah exactly I, I don't want to mention names wow. but I know a very talented athlete from Akwai Bomb she was bleating past her age group we had done research on this girl she is a sports festival champion at the junior level and at the senior level at that same year that's how good she was came from she was at the Quite bomb school sports festival. Mm. Guess what? On let me give a range. Let me not be specific. This girl is between say fifteen and seventeen years of age. But you hear coaches from the Fed, even the technical director from federation, go and do a passport. Let's put that in there. What? And you ask yourself, why are they doing? Mm. All because they want to win medals for Nigeria at all costs at that level but or set see, a record for us. You see, and it's not just ah, God. Why? Why are we like this? My problem with that is that, I, I, <laughs> and I, I run a small, you know, sports school for kids. So yeah, I, I, I see, I see what a cheating can do to destroy the future. Not of that particular person you have used to cheat, but of the person coming behind. Exactly. You've gotten it. Exactly. So the ones that are meant to be at that age range, you're not given the right opportunity yes. and fair competition. And so at, the same time, at the same time, there's nothing wrong with somebody being a particular age and being far ahead of his peers. It just means you are hugely talented and should be fast-tracked. I have a seven-year-old boy in my you know, sports school that he doesn't train with his seven-year-old mates. He trains with the under-12s. He's supposed to be in the under-8s, but he trains with the under-12s because he's, he's obviously not on the same level with them. Not that it's extremely rude, but he's not on the same level. The, um, the guys now are all under-8s, you know, they're butter, so they're still teaching them the basics you know, control, 
pass like this instead. You understand? Yeah. But he already knows all that one. And he can play with the guys that are bigger. So we will not say because he's seven, we're not keeping and, you know, stunt his growth. So we pushed him up to where he can also try and develop. So I don't, I don't get where. And we've been doing this thing over and over and over. I think it's because we have a mindset that we must win. We don't have a developmental mindset. We have a, can I call it a results mindset? I, I, I honestly feel um, our, our mindset is, and I think it's a report of the government, ripple effect in the sense that every um, stakeholder, any administrator that gets into a position is being judged on results. Mm. And results means immediate results. Mm. Mm. That's, that's... So it does everything possible to make sure that the campaign strategy so it's not a long-term thing for them. It's not a developmental thing for them. It's a result. So they want to campaign after one tenure of election, like, I achieved this, I achieved this, I achieved this. Whereas they're not looking at it in terms of developmental purpose that this girl grew at this stage. Mm. Mm. Well, it's amazing. And, and you know, I, 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 I said this time, it's, we want more. So, Go ahead, go ahead. I try to, you know, I, I, I told myself that I want, to, I want to stop blaming administrators as much as I can and more or less profile solutions now, you know, because it's quite frustrating. Because if I can see it, right, if I can see it, what are the people that are trained, right, that are it's, employed, it's right, to do this thing, how is it that they can't see it? It's, it's all encompassing because um, everybody has um, a stake in it and they need to make a conscious effort that we need to change this. If the administrator makes a compulsory to the tanker director of maybe a federation of the AFN now, that your coaches must, if not they will fix sanctions, do their due diligence in getting the right ages of their players, if not of their athletes. If they don't do that, they get the boot. That's the first step. Now, developmental. Well, let me see progress, not results. Yes. Let's see progress. Because in the what end, age grade is about developmental. Yeah. Every single time. But interestingly, of those age grade, there will be exceptional talents that would be above their times. Yeah. Even, in their, even in the college system of America, let that go down the drain. Some are late bloomers yes. and very few. By early bloomers. The sort of early bloomers are the ones Alice. In Felix at the age of 18, she was already an Olympic silver at the age of 17. She broke mm. a world junior record. Usain Bolt at the age of um, 20, he was already breaking the world record in 100 meters. They are exceptional talents. Grant all the way last year for the 100 meters, um, 110 meter odors. You find them scattered, Christian Coleman. There are a few in between them, about talented ones. But there are many other ones that are late bloomers. If nobody talks about it with Van Nikek, for example, that I wouldn't say he's necessarily a late bloomer, but he wasn't. He didn't set the world on fire at the junior level. But guess what? He eventually became a world record holder, an Olympic champion and a world champion in the 400 meters for South Africa. His coach is in her 80s. The woman probably is in her late 80s. Are you so sure? Time to... Yes. And he coaches, he trains in South Africa. Um, I can't recall her name now. Um, she's been training athletes for the last four decades. But she stuck her guns with, with Vanikek, despite the injuries at his early 20s. Mm. He got an Olympic medal at the age of 25, 26. Broke the world record at the age of 26. Mm. Most people age, they are still struggling. When you see that 22, 23, you can't meet up. You're beginning to want to get a to taking drugs so that you can compete at the top level. Mm. And the thing with sports called athletics, it can be very damning and killing. You're putting your walks off in training and you come on the track and you know someone more talented than you has put it walk to again. He would most likely beat you. It's not like football where 
you can get your luck, you can score a goal, one opportunity can come. It's a street jacket thing. Did you hold on one second? Hold 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 on okay. a second. Hold on. Okay, so whilst whilst we are, you know, okay, let me let me bring you something. I said I was going to look at the uh, records, the African records that Nigeria used to have before. I think the only one we have is the hundred meters record in Africa. Uh, and that's just a matter of time. Only so well. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Nine point eight five. Uh, exactly. Set in 2006 in Doha. Yeah, Doha winning the um, Frank yeah, Frederick, Doha, the, the league mix, yeah. Yeah, Frederick holds the 200 meters uh, set in 1996 at Atlanta 96, uh, 19.6 Of course, he was running <laughs> right behind the Michael Johnson, so that's why that the time best. was very, very. The divine, uh, divine came close to breaking it last year, though. Oh, divine came close to breaking it last year. Yeah. So that close. that too might just be about you know. I just be a part time, but then there's still a Van Lieke who is, you know, looking around the corner. So he might just be the one to break it. He's done uh, 19.84. So I'm looking at some of these records. I'm looking at 400 meters record, which of course uh, the South African has, you know, from the Olympics in 2016. I'm looking at the, uh, you know, even 200 meters women. You know, um, I'm looking at. Four by four by one hundred, really. I think we still hold that one. Let me check. Um, okay, four by hundred. We still hold that one. The quartet of uh, from at Athens, uh, Osmond Izinwa, Lapadadini, Ken Francis, Obikwelu, and Davidson Izinwa. Uh, these are the thirty-seven point nine. I think. They came third with that Abi behind the Americans, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Oh, okay. I think it's been broken by South Africa. South Africa broke that for yeah. my 100 meter record. I think last year or last yeah, year. Last in 2019 in Doha at the World Championship. Doha, yeah. They first broke it at the Commonwealth Games in 2018. Mm. Then they broke it in Doha. Yes, last year again. Um, Akani Simbine, um, um, Erico Bergerentes, um, two other athletes, two other athletes. Um, yeah, I recall that. We still have is the one from Sydney, two thousand four by four. I mean, that was that was yeah, a fantastic. The one yeah, that uh, we have been bumped up. <laughs> <laughs> we have been bumped <laughs> up year or year to <laughs> to try and go better. So, um, you know, it, it, it's sad that I'm looking at all these records and I can hardly see a Nigerian flag anywhere. You know, we used uh, to be dominating in the sprints. Yeah, like you said Africans, due to their patience and their structure, yeah. they fucked up. Um, it's not because of talent. Can't we learn? Can't we learn from the fact that? Can't we see that? Oh, some countries are being patient and building structures, and they are not achieving it. Than the quick fixes we always chase. Can't we see and learn from that? We obviously don't want to. We obviously don't want to. Um, we are okay with Americans, with the collegiate system, training our athletes, and we coming back to poach them. And well, no, I won't say poach them. We are still not yeah, but, yeah, we take them because really, if we, maybe one out of ten, maybe one out of ten of them might just be good. Might be good enough to run for the U.S. That's one. Two, at the time that they're, they're in that college system, they're probably older. And the U.S. are probably looking at someone younger. Yes. So they, they rarely compete for, for the Americans. So yeah. they will still fall back to Nigeria. I, I, I think I, one, one example that was destroyed that broke the camels back for me, and I knew that it would be difficult for the administrators to learn their lesson, was Olusoji Fasuba. Mm. Fasuba was on the cusp of greatness. At a, at a young age of 2021, 20, that was it was at the 04 Athens game. It was at the four by four hundred meter quartet. The Jali was there. Uchinai Medelu, he ran the you know he ran the first leg, and you knew this man here was destined for greatness. Now, the Jali and Uchinai Medelu were all winding down their career. Fashuba was the next best team, so we're like banking on him like hey for the next ten years. 
he was going to do great things for Nigeria and he would take over from the GLU and Uchinai Medelu. But hey, this man, you could see the talent there. First of all, like you talked about, he said the African record, 9.85 seconds there. And people, people make light of things like this. Before, after Fasuba did it sub 10 seconds, the last, um, it took us another 12, 13 years to run on that sub 10 seconds. Mm, yeah, that that's from true. Divine, yeah. Two years ago. That came from Divine. So people, maybe because we see it at the world stage, the symbol runs nine or something, we think it's pretty easy. It's one of the ultimate thing for a 100-meter runner. I was writing an article on Asafa Power who has run uh, sub 10 seconds 97 times. Like, in the history of the meters, only 144 men have done under sub 10 seconds. That's how difficult it is. Mm. Now, Fashuba said, talking about the story of how breaking his own African record then. He said, like, he broke that record and he couldn't walk for two days. That was how he stretched his body. Mm. That's by the wayside. Now, this is someone that you know if you invest in him, worst case scenario, you go, you take him to Jamaica, since you don't have structure here, in Jamaica, be a part of a track club, you pump money into him and all of that, you know you would get your results. But I think after the, um, he won the All Gears 2007 All-Africa Games, um, he went to the Olympic Games in 2008, remember watching that in Beijing, it was in the same um, lane with um, um, same draw with Tyson Gay in the preliminary round. I think he got to the semifinals. Even in 2007, he got to the 2006, he won a silver medal at the Commonwealth Games. In 2006, he won a silver medal there. So, you know, this man, despite the shenanigans and the poor structure in Nigeria, he was going out of his way to win medals. But in 2008, 2009, he got injured. Mm. At that Olympic Games 2008, you could see there. After coming back, he spoke to the Federation. The same thing they did to um, Francis mm-hmm. Gwekolo, who eventually went to run for Portugal in 1998. Um, the same thing they did to him. The same thing happened to Fasuba. And he was like, hey, let me secure my future. Mid-20s, it was probably 26, 27 then. He went to join the British Navy. And yeah. that's how he quit athletics. And he's uh, even trying to come back now with the Nikita man, trying to come back now and invest in athletics. But the same problems are there. It's just eating and it's waiting to just wear its ugly head. So if someone mm. like Fast Uber could go through those difficulties, despite him being Africa's best runner in time, Fast Uber could have done a sub 9.8 seconds if you kept him on the right path. Mm. But he was frustrated out of the old game. I mm. know how Justin Gatlin, despite injuries, he comes yeah. back and he still proves the world wrong. Let's forget this old scandal thing. And this one that has got, he's been long in the game. You hear how they take care of the athletes. What has helped Blessing Okagbe was the fact that when she went to the collegiate system for the University of Texas, El Paso, then she got a big deal with Nike. So they took charge of everything. Medication, training. She was just coming to train. If she falls ill or she gets injured, Nike takes care of everything. It's part of the contract. So she wasn't having any issues with that. She was still trying to come to Nigeria and represent Nigeria too. So, but how many athletes would get this? I know athletes that they go for training in Nigeria, in some of these already put track clubs, and they are struggling to get meals to eat. Hmm. They are buying things on the road. For, for athletics, it's more severe than any other sport in terms of how you should follow your diet and nutrition. Let's quickly, very, you know, once I say, let's talk about probably if an award is given out to the most useless, and let me say that, the most useless, the most inept, and I'm not, I owe nobody any apologies for what I'm saying. The most useless, the most inept, the most unprofessional, the most unserious crop of sports administrators than the AFM. I have never seen a composition of people that have absolutely nothing to offer. It is ridiculous. Now, there are issues, there's a power tussle going on at the AFM at the moment. And all this borders on what? Money. And so there's a deal they sign with Puma that somehow exactly. some person seems to have cornered the money. The money went to personal, you know, all sorts of allegations. And I ask, what will it take to have people with their head well screwed in in that AFM? 
<laughs> that, that's, that's a simple and difficult question. Um, simple in the sense that the answer is staring us in the face. Um, I think it's, it's something that is a reflection of Nigeria itself as a country. Um, lack of accountability, um, corruption, um, self-interest, nepotism. Uh, you could go on and on with the superlatives and it has one major problem. They come and front like they're trying to change the whole um, body when they want to vote for election. Um, the Tenga director who is emptative there and be a link between the athletes and the association. Once he gets there and he sees money, he forgets about the progress of the athletes too. So it's like promises politicians still they go and do nada. They're after their selfish interest. How percentages will come to their pockets. Now, after football and basketball, in terms of sponsorship in Nigerian sports, athletics is the next. There are huge deals that can come through. At some point, we have the mobile um, championships, which is yeah, like the national I grew up watching. Um, Obina Metsu, um, they came out all of, from all of this. Um, but at some point, there's so much you can push a sponsor that he cannot, of course, um, he cannot deal with the shenanigans. Are you there? For mobile, a big all upstream and downstream company to sponsor the athletic championship, you know how much is going to the federation at that point in time yearly. It's for them to organize, meet, take care of athletes' welfare. But you don't, you don't need Susia to tell you what happened eventually without they had to take it off. And the athletic federation are trying to source for funds now for the federation. They are not independent. Worst case scenario, they get a, a key deal from Puma. Even at that, they try and get negotiations that will favor their personal pocket. What is their percentage? Is way in Nigerian government where you talk about budget padding, for example. <laughs> so in the end, they are after themselves. Now, um, everything is cause and effect in life. Mm. It must have its ramification. Now, nobody's saying that there's no corruption in the American system or the Jamaican system, but it's to the best minimum to the point that it's negligible that you see the atlas progressing and you just overshadow it or you yeah, overlook it but nigerian system it's the opposite so it affects the atlas and and you cannot overlook it it's just tearing us in the face Athletes go to camp you don't pay them the allowance um they are reliant because of how they um, eating the money of this people to forget that there's also the youth ministry under it so again the NYSC which gobs huge amounts of money every year so athletes um, you look at football basketball they're going to the minister they want to go for a competition it's that bad that they're going for a competition maybe in Cote d'Ivoire last year went for under 17 under 18 and under 20 and they went, Cote d'Ivoire, they went that bus <laughs> from Nigeria to Cote d'Ivoire I remember that one. They went by road, by bus to Cote d'Ivoire. Making of champions had to fly the athletes competing. Making of champions had about three, four athletes that got invited to the national team. They had to fly their own athletes to the competition. Despite that, uh, out of, they said the Nigerian mentality, if you put him in front of the wall, you will try and break the wall. They still, for their individual progress, try and break away. And we did well there. Now imagine they put them in a conducive environment, pay them the allowances. You fly them a day before. So organization is something that's also a huge bane in Nigerian athletics. So in, in, in the end, it goes back to the results on the track. Etobi Amuson is going for an African championship now, or she's going for um, a world championship, and she doesn't even have to deal with the federation. All she does does is wears or uh, don their kit. Now they'll stay in Nigerian camp, but our preparation, for example, to train an Olympic um, gold medalist or medalist, you'll probably spend nothing less than $50,000 in a four-year span. Mm. Training, nutrition, welfare, but we've not spent that amount of money on the Federation in the last four years. Mm. Not to talk more of one athlete. And that's what these people in America and Jamaica understand. 
So it's huge investment. In the end, you enjoy dividends. So maybe that money is even coming to the federation and the administrators are pocketing it. Isherisha Ishekiri, one precocious talent that I gave an example earlier on that couldn't probably get into a good track club by making of champions and he was running decent times. Guess what? He's um, trying to get his way into the collegiate system and running for track clubs over there. And it's coming for Comfort for Nigeria. This guy was on the cusp of breaking a sub 10 last year. I think he ran a 10.09 seconds. And that stands as his personal best still now. There's an Eno Kadekoke that got to the final of the Commonwealth Games in 2018, himself as well as Shea Ogulewe. Shea Ogulewe is a standout um, athlete, for example, because we know his father and his family in Lagos, uh, former commissioner of works. Um, so he was even, he went to school in the UK. So he could probably take care of himself and all of that personally. Yeah, How many also, can do? But he's also come out at some point to complain bitterly. It's for the same way Okad Barry and Ojujuru complained about the ineptitude of the organization last year at Doha. The fact that they didn't, she says she cannot run both 100 and 200 meters because yeah. of her training schedule and now it was tight. And the AFN still put her there. All because their own name is, she want, they want Okad Barry to win a medal for us. But they don't care about where she's coming from, where she's trained. A coach there has told that you cannot do these two events, no communication. But in their own mind, is Okagbari go there, run as many races as you can, and win medals for us. Okay, let me ask you. So this. you as could we, go on with as we as we try to round up, let me ask you this. What is the way forward? If you are AFN president today, what are the what is the first thing that you would do? And what are the top three things that will be your priority? Okay. Um, I wouldn't say it's pretty simple, but then again, it's simple. You also need private individuals, but you need to support them as the government. Create enabling environment for them. There are track clubs in Nigeria. Not everybody is financially buoyant like making of champions that probably have spent almost a billionaire in the last seven years now to fund their own track club and athletics. All you can do for them now is you give them grants, even if it's $10,000 every year, mm. and you make sure that you monitor it mm. and how they spend it. By that, you're telling them you're investing this money on your athletes, nutrition, welfare. That's first of all. Second of all, you invest into school sports again, and that's discovery of the talent. There's nothing wrong. For example, the way we used to do the principal cup. Yeah. Um, but school sports now um, is, is something similar to what Josh Chilling is doing, where at the age of 13, 15, you're bringing people from outside the state to come and compete for a cup. There are people, it makes the selection job for the national under 15 team easier. So mm. you've seen talent. That's what happens in the UK or in, the, um, in America as well at each age grade level their competition. But you don't get to find that in Nigeria. So you go to school sports. Let's go worst case scenario into our sport. So you probably have each state organize a yearly event like the high school champs yeah. where the best schools in Jamaica and Kingston come and converge. That was where Usain Bolt was discovered. That was where Asifa Powell, Shelly and Fraser Price, the recent protege now, Brenna Williams, you have you start with Southwest Zonal competition, Lagos, Ondo. You bring your best top three athletes. You do Southwest. Same thing happens in the national. You get a sponsor for them. It's easy to pitch it if you organize. You get a sponsor for them, and you probably converge the nation's capital in Abuja for one day or two day event. It's gonna be magnificent. Now you can do that consistently on a yearly basis. So. It's also giving the athletes competition that you're spending money in terms of grants for the track clubs to converge. Also, to again, though, you always be selective. Selective in the sense that you select athletes that you give scholarship. Find you can meet top um, companies to come and help you out with that. Um, Dangote, uh, Bois Cement, banks to support them because it's a mix and blend. Um, it's all I'm saying in my head now is we are doing something like the collegiate system, but not exactly like it. Theirs is more on a larger scale because they have that structure on ground, but we are trying to start our own now. So you talk about three things. First of all, organizing in terms of talent discovery, the school champs in every zone 
in Nigeria to discover talent. Second of all, providing grants for track clubs to support these athletes in terms of nutrition, welfare, uh, accommodation, and school. When they get to the top level, which is running for Nigeria, their welfare is key. I cited two examples when we were talking about the problems. Francis Brekelu, as well as Olu Soji Fasuba. The reason they got frustrated was because when they got injured, their yeah, federation neglected them. Portugal came to Obikulu's age, paid for his treatment, and he started running for them. Um, Fasuba couldn't get a top country to come or pay for him. He had to go join the British Navy. It's one problem that you hear from athletes if you're around them. Mm. Top athletes, when they get injured, they neglect me. Okagbara has complained about that same thing. They treat themselves. So it's one thing that you need to focus on. If it's getting a top hospital to collaborate with, if it's, for example, Usain Bolt, like, fine, he was a big star. Did you? You know the doctor that treats um, ACL and Amsterdam injury? Yeah. You know why, why, why it's amazing? Is you are here, you are here, and you are highlighting and profiling the solution, and you see what it is that needs to be done. It's as if our people prefer to just do soundbites. I heard the sports minister come, he says all sorts, he's going to be adopting this talent, adopting that talent. And I'm like, why not have a system that integrates everybody in one place? Institute that exactly. system. Exactly. We're looking for stop-gap measures. Yes. We're look- like I'll use football, I'll use football athletes for example. I've used athletics for example also too, but I'll still go back to it. When the Germans had that woeful Euros in 2004, yeah. they told themselves we need to invest in youth in all age grade competitions in every club side. They start the 51 rule about ownership from there. Before the turn of the century, Jamaica were woeful in the 80s and 90s, just one or two athletes kind of stood out. But they told themselves, we're going to invest in track clubs. Um, there were collaboration with universities and the track clubs to use their stadium to train those, their athletes because track clubs at that point did not have, while also using the coach to train the athletes in the university. So it was a win-win situation for them. So for example, um, you could go meet a University of Lagos and tell them, we want to use your track um, to train our athletes. We don't have a stadium to get but while we are doing that, our top coach will also be training your athletes right. for free. It's, you can work it both ways. So it, they made that conscious of us to invest in those championships. But they adopt an um, athlete um, um, model that the minister is doing. It's just a stopgap measure. And it's very selective. And it's not fair to people that have got talent and it's uh, looking to get to the top. In fact, they're only picking athletes that after or have gone through the whole process, now you're having to give them money. How about the ones that have not even, you've not picked from the scratch at all? It's not fair to them. So I, I, I think like even the minister is culpable in all of this. Mm. He's not willing to wait that long to lay down structure and say, hey, we didn't, it's not going to take four years. It's something we're looking at eight, 10 years. It's a gradual process. But you lay the structure down now the money that you're probably, um, we sacrifice the Tokyo games. We sacrifice even in 2024, we sacrifice yeah. the games. We're yeah. looking at 2030 now, for example. You start now. So, well, and Usain Bolt was not discovered in 2008, where he shone to the world and won, broke the world record. As of 2001, as a 14-year-old, he was running fast times at the school championship, breaking records 2002, same thing as for Powell. Same thing with Shetley and But seven years down the line, they were only gold medalists. Seven years. But we want immediate, immediate results. And in the end, it comes. Hello? Yeah, I, I, I can hear you. Hello? I can hear you, DJ. So. Okay, um, like, like I said, we need to make a conscious effort and decide. Making of champions are on the right track, but it's a private company that doesn't have the might. They just want, they just want one, they just exactly. a drop of water in the ocean. So, what will take government seven, ten years to do, 
it means it probably take making of champions 15 or 20 years to get yeah. there and it's 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 not fair to them but it's, it's best so the government needs our people need to wake up i i, I think the the long and short of it all is that our people need to wake up to understand that sustainable track club and a track is not something like football where you invest in an academy that you guaranteed in three, four years you get the fantastic talent that you that you sell off. <laughs> I think I'm having some network issues. Did you break in? Um, did you, if you can hear me, I think we should just round up. Did you, can you hear me? Uh, network is breaking, but. Um, well, Deji, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so, you know, let me just round up this way because I, I think we're beginning to have a lot of issues. I have to say a big thank you for uh, doing this with me tonight. It is night time that I'm recording this, so everybody that is wondering, it's night time and Deji is in Joss, by the way, and I'm in Lagos. Um, so thank you, Deji, for joining us. Hopefully, and I always say this hopefully, one day, maybe one day, somebody with his head well schooled will have the best interest of the sports, the interest of developing the sports at heart. And we can finally start achieving that potential that we have. Deji, thank you for joining me on 19 It's a pleasure doing this anytime. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Thank you very much and uh, enjoy Josh. I believe it's probably really cold right now. Really cold. Ah, <laughs> it's the time of the year. I think I need to come to Josh one of these during this period. I like I like cold weather. I like I like it. Cold. I would recommend you just come here towards like the late December. Come to Miangu Restum. Uh, the white set it up and it's still really functional. If you just rest for like a week, trust me, you're gonna have a nice time. I will take that and put it under consideration. Thank you very much for joining me. And this has been 90 and Interaction. My name is Adeyemi Adesoye. Follow the podcast at 90 and Extra on Twitter. I can follow me at TM442. And like I've said in my previous um, podcast post, if you like what I'm doing, you can tip me. The tip link will be, you know, uh, just right under the link to the